0: This week I was creating a quick Instagram style guide for the sewing retreat so that myself and my team are all on the same page when we're sharing stories on Instagram using similar fonts, using similar colours, like sharing things in a similar way so the aesthetic runs through all of our stories and it really got me thinking about our aesthetic, our branding, when it comes to our businesses. And I know there is very much this narrative of, you don't need to worry about your branding and your colors and a logo and all these things when you're starting out in your business. And whilst, yes, I agree, you don't need a logo, you don't need to pay someone to come up with your branding for your business when you're starting out, you don't need to have the exact colors worked out and the hex codes and all those kind of things. Whilst I agree with that, what I really want to bring to the table here is the fact that your aesthetic can have an impact on your conversion rates. It can have an impact on how much people are reading what you're putting out there, how much people are absorbing what you're putting out there. So in this episode today, I want to share with you what you need to be looking at and just maybe fine tweaking when it comes to your aesthetics in terms of your fonts, your colors, how people reading things in terms of the layouts. And it doesn't matter whether this is you putting out Instagram stories, pins on Pinterest, YouTube covers, uh, TikTok covers, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. The principles are all the same. Okay, so let's start with readability, which is kind of what this is all about, right? But we're gonna start with readability in terms of the aesthetic. So these are the kind of things you want to consider when it comes to the aesthetic of your readability of whatever you're putting out there. And if you're at the beginning of your business journey, you may just have one platform and that is perfect. I always say at the beginning of your journey, focus on one platform, and then you can always add one or two later on, but you don't wanna be trying to do everything, but that's just a side note there. Okay, so these are the things you wanna consider out, consider when it comes to the readability aesthetic. So first of all, let's talk capital letters. Okay, so, <laughs> and just an FYI, everything I'm sharing in here is like the condensed version of all the little tips I've picked up when I studied fashion, when I studied architecture, through books I've read, through jobs I've had in design industries, various different design industries. So this is like the the 101 condensed version of everything you need to know without you needing to go through years of experience like I've done. <laughs> so I am shortcutting this like a million times over here for you. Okay. So the first thing to consider, capitals. I am dyslexic and I also have shockingly bad eyesight. So I am like the person who can tell you instantly whether your stuff is readable or not for everyone. And when it comes to capitals, what happens is that I can't fill in the words so quickly as if it was lowercase words because lowercase words have like a shape to them if you were to draw a line around each word. It would have like a shape to it. So if you're someone like me which finds reading harder, I'm also looking at the shape of the word as well. Whereas with capitals, it's literally just gonna be like a block around it. So that's why capitals actually are harder to read. So you can use them if you are doing like a quick heading. Yeah, cool, that's okay. But when it comes to writing what's called the body of your text, so the main section of text, then it gets really hard to read. So I try and avoid fonts in the body text so that I can increase the readability. And that's what we want, right? We want people to read it. We don't want people to be like, oh my God, that's so hard to read. And it's not a conscious thing. It's a subconscious thing. It will be a subconscious thing of like, That just looks like a block of text. I can't even scan read that really, really quickly. So I'm just going to move on. And that's why I say all of this in here is going to help increase those conversion rates. It's going to help increase the engagement. So try to avoid capitals in your body text when you're writing that main area of text. And like I said, doesn't matter whether that's on a website or an Instagram story, try and avoid it. The next thing to avoid is super swirly fonts that are just like impossible to read. And they're just like, design over function. I always say everything should be functional and then also look great. It shouldn't be that the function comes afterwards. The function comes first. So don't go and use those swirly swirly fonts on Canva that no one can even freaking read what the word is. The next thing to consider is putting too much text in one go. And I don't mean that people aren't going to read the text because if people really want to read your story and read what you're writing, they will. I just mean to break it down. I remember actually having this conversation with a client a while ago and her saying, you know, are they really going to read all my story? And I was like, people read books, people read essays, people read long amounts of text. It's not that we don't have the attention span. It's that we we have a lot more choice as to where our attention goes. So if you are writing long texts or you're writing a book or you're writing a long email, if it's attention grabbing, people are gonna read it. If they're interested in it, people are gonna read it. They wanna know your story. They want to know what you're writing but let them read it in a readable way. So break up your text, split things up into paragraphs, add in things that are gonna make it easier to read like emojis or you know, just breaking it up a little bit or coloring certain bits highlighting certain words, making them bold, doing them in a different color. And then we go on to to smaller text. So like I said before, again, I have like the rubbishy, <laughs> a really rubbish eyesight. And if someone does text that's so, so small, I'm just going to skip over it. I'm not going to read it. Let's be honest. Like I'm going to have my phone so close to my face that it's like I still can't read it. So don't do your text too small. And also too thin. So different texts have different weights to them as well. So if your text is so, so thin, it's like micro millimeters thin and it's really hard to read, then maybe just think about like increasing the weight of it. So that might be you going from the light version to the medium version or the medium version to the bold version or just swapping it out for a different font. And then the last thing to do with the aesthetic of the readability of what you're putting out there is to consider colors. And this is actually something I know my husband is always supporting his clients on when it comes to his UX design work because it makes the difference between certain people being able to read it and not reading it. And there's websites out there that you can go on and Put in, you know, can you do an accessibility colors test on this? And it'll tell you like these two colors go really well together, but these two colors are really hard to read. So there's like things that are super in depth and like so much research around this, but you can quickly and easily tell whether things are readable or not. It's just bringing the awareness to it. You don't need to go in and use these websites unless you are curious to see. But just bringing your awareness to do these colors work together, are they so close together that people can't read the font color on top of the background color? Like if so, can I add like a highlight behind the text so that it stands out a little bit more or can I change the color of the text or change the font of the text? So really just bringing awareness to whether your colors are working together, whether they're readable, that's what we want. We want things to be readable. I know I said that was the last thing, but actually there's one more thing. And this was drilled into me when I did architecture. And that is to give your content space to breathe. So often we think we have to say everything in one place because if we don't, then we've lost someone's attention. And this is like subconscious programming again, built into us. That people have short attention spans. Like I say, people don't have short attention spans. They just have a lot of choice these days. So if you've grabbed their attention, they're going to carry on reading. They're going to carry on looking. But when we try and put everything on one Instagram story, say, for example, when we could have done four Instagram stories on it, then it can be so overwhelming. So, so overwhelming. So actually having space around what you're doing can really, really help grab people's attention because they know where to look. They're not trying to work out which piece of text am I reading first, which picture am I looking at first, what element am I looking at first of this design. So really just noticing where you can add more space for things to breathe. The way I think of it is space to breathe is space to think for your viewer. So say, for example, you have a title and a picture and some text and then you have like four parts to it. So there's actually four steps to whatever you're showing. You could put this all on one Instagram story. But if you break it out into four Instagram stories, it's going to be so much clearer for the viewer. So rather than you having the four pictures jammed onto one slide with text on top of each picture and a how-to on the whole thing, Break it out into four slides so you've got each step as a new slide. It makes it so much more readable and clear as to like, okay, we're looking at this one, we're focusing on this first. Then we're focusing on this, then this, then this. So give yourself stuff space to breathe. Don't fill the whole Instagram story with jammed in text. Don't fill it with like 500 different pictures sharing 500 different points. Okay, so that really is the aesthetic aspects of readability. And then we go on to how the mind works. Let's talk about how the mind works. And this is a subconscious thing, of course. So actually when we're reading things, and the best way to really like think of this is when it comes to posters. And if you start to look at posters or adverts in magazines, um, those kind of things, you will notice that they all have a similar formula when it comes to the layout, and that formula is based on the letter Z, and using that Z shape to inform where things put on the put where things are put on the page or the graphic, whatever you create it. So when you are creating an Instagram story, maybe let's say it's around your next offer, what we want to think of is where the reader's eye is going because the reader's eye is going in a Z shape and you're going to see this all the time now. Start looking at adverts, start looking at, um, you know, any, any kind of like thing that's sharing about one aspect, you'll see that there is this Z shape done on it in terms of layout there will be the odd thing that will of course break the rule there's always certain people who will break these rules but in general if you see a theater poster or an offer poster offer graphic, something like that then it's the layout's going to be done in a z shape so that means that we always start top left so that's where you want the hook line to be whatever you are hooking people in like that might be your heading your title a hook picture Whatever you want, top left. And then our eye goes to the top right. And then across the thing, across the whole graphic to the bottom left and then the bottom right. So the bottom right is where our eye always finishes up naturally. So the way I love to use this layout in terms of sharing things on Instagram stories or creating offer graphics is I like to have generally my headings top or top left aligned. And then any body, any kind of like, okay, we're adding to this, goes in the middle. And then bottom, bottom right is my call to action, like what to do next, where to go next. Because that is how our eye naturally works. Now, if you do have a series of like five stories together, you're not always going to have a call to action on each story afterwards and that's okay but just consider like throughout that whole like four series of stories you're sharing do I kind of take them through that z shape across it is on my last slide is the like a where next on the bottom or the bottom right not on the top left where no one really looks or the middle middle center middle left where no one really looks so just think of that Z shape when you're, when it comes to layout, whether you're creating offer graphics, pins on Pinterest, whatever content you're putting out there. Okay, so that is the readability element I really wanted to share with you. And then the next thing I wanted to just hone in on is to say that, like I was saying at the beginning, you don't need to have all your branding worked out from day dot. You don't need to have all your branding worked out at any point. It can be an evolution. My branding is always evolving as I'm evolving, as my aesthetic changes, as my beliefs change, as I evolve myself. So it can evolve and adapt too. You can be like, oh no, this color isn't resonating with me anymore. I'm not going to use that one anymore. I'm going to swap it for another one. But what we want is consistency in what we're doing. So try to, as you are playing with things, and especially at the beginning, you're just going to be playing, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't, feeling into it, trying out different fonts, trying out different colors, trying out different ways of taking imagery, trying out different ways of recording videos or time lapses, whatever it is. As you are doing that, notice what brand consistency is coming through. Notice which things are working best for you and which things feel right for you. And this can then evolve over time, but you'll find that you'll naturally then have three or four colors you're always using, like one for headings, one for body text, one for call to actions, or, you know, a specific color for the backgrounds you're putting on things or a couple of colors. So you'll find there's a few colors you're always using. There's a few fonts you're always using. So notice that and then use them again and again and again. And it means then you're not chopping and changing and you're not wasting time thinking, oh, what font am I using today? Should I use this one or this one? You're just using the same thing and it creates that consistency. And when we have that consistency, we are building that brand aesthetic which means people will recognize what we're doing whether we say on it, oh, hey, this is Sarah sharing this. Hey, this is my brand sharing this. People are gonna recognize it instantly. Like, you know, without necessarily looking at people's Instagram handles, who is creating that content a lot of the time because they have that consistency. When they don't have that consistency, you're like, who even is that? I don't really know what it relates to. And I'm just going to scroll on. So notice that brand consistency, but also allow yourself to evolve as well as you are evolving yourself. Okay, the last couple of bits are like what I love to talk about all the time, which is optimization. Optimizing what you're doing. I'm always talking about this all the time. Okay, and the reason for that, as you know, (laughs) in case you don't know, I'm gonna tell you again, is to freaking save you guys time. Like I want to save you time so you can work on more of the parts of your business you love so you're not going around in circles and wasting time. Like Our time is precious, so let's use it wisely. Let's optimize it where we can. So two things to optimize when it comes to your designs and your content you're putting out there. First of all is if you are working across multiple platforms and if you can use the same size template for a couple of them, then do that. So let me give you an example of that. I also have a Pinterest as well as my Instagram. And on my Instagram, I love creating um, content covers. It's something I really enjoy about my business. It's not something that has to be done, but it's a part of my business I really enjoy and I have a load of templates, so it takes me seconds and I love doing it. And I'm telling you this because I know so many people out there again are like, you don't need to have um, content covers on all your content on Instagram, but I realized I enjoy doing it. So I'm gonna do the bits of my business I enjoy doing and that to me is part of it. It doesn't take me long. I've optimized the process. I have a load of templates. But to me, as someone who loves design, I love doing it. So I'm going to do it. That was complete side tangent there. But basically, I create the covers for all of my pieces of content on Instagram. And these covers also are the same size needed for pins on Pinterest. So when it comes to my team, then sharing pins on Pinterest for me, they're literally uploading the same thing. They don't need to change anything on it. Maybe sometimes there's the odd change in terms of like call to action and like where to click or something like that because it's slightly different on Pinterest, but it's already pretty much done for us. So I'm optimizing that process. So if you find you're sharing things in multiple locations, then just ask yourself, how can I optimize the sizes or the way I'm doing the layout so it's going to work across multiple different platforms and also in case you've not used Canva that much or not played around with the what some of the tools on it they have a resizing option where it will literally be like can you resize this from this to a YouTube cover so you can use things like that as well But where possible, if you can already make things so they're going to work for multiple platforms, go for it. Like on my Instagram posts, you're only going to see the square on my, like on the, you know, square grid content I share. But then on Pinterest, you'll see the whole thing. So I make it as if it is like story size, Instagram story size. So actually when I'm creating covers, They work on Instagram stories, they work on my profile grid and they work for pins on Pinterest. And if I did TikToks, they'd work on TikToks too. Like you can see then I've created one piece of content and it works for various different platforms in various different mediums as well. So that's the first aspect around optimizing. And then the second thing which I see so often is missed and is so important is to make sure when you are creating sales pages, website pages, blog pages, anything that is going to be viewed on a laptop, please, please, please make sure you look at it in mobile view. So whenever you're checking any of those pages, I actually don't tend to check them as a laptop size view. I click on the mobile view and this is the same for emails as well. And the reason for that is you're going to find a lot of your viewers are using their phones. How often do you open your laptop to look at an email or to look on a website page that's been on Instagram? If you're linking to a sales page that's on, from your Instagram, you're going to look at it on your phone, aren't you? You're probably not going to go and open your laptop and look at it there. So consider this with your viewers as well. So that means you need to consider whether what you've put on those pages or in those emails, is it working for mobile as well? Because if it works for mobile, it will work for anything. Yes, there's the odd occasion where it's going to be giant on websites, but it's better than it being too small that people can't even see it. So sometimes what we'll do is... If we're designing for a website page, like a sales page, or we're designing for an email, we'll be like, oh, okay, so I can create this landscape picture and I can share that or I can share, you know, a cluster of um, testimonials and do them in a landscape format. But then when it comes to looking at them on mobile, it's like you can't even see what they say. So it's kind of pointless having that there. So check if your things are working for mobile. If you've got those clusters of images together of testimonials, break them out. Break them out so they're gonna work and they're going to um, stack when it comes to looking at it on mobile. And when I say stack, normally this is automatically done for you if you are using pretty much any kind of program out there whether it be on an email, email provider or whether it be on like a sales page creator it'll pretty much automatically do it for you as long as you have those things broken out so you could still in web format have two columns and have it as like a landscape chunk but when it's then used on mobile it's going to stack into a couple of pictures and then it's going to go into more like portrait kind of look So check your things are mobile friendly as well because your clients, I can guarantee a lot of them are going to be looking at things on their phones the same way you are. So check you can still see things, check what you are wanting people to get from that graphic, that piece of content is viewable. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was something a little bit different. But I love talking about all these kind of things and oh, just wanted to add in as well actually, a couple books I read years ago that I found really, really helpful around this if you are interested are the Know Your Onion book series. And there were two back in the day, I can't remember if there's more now, I haven't seen more, but there's one around web design and there's one around uh, graphic design and they're really, really good for like just understanding those tiny things that are gonna mean people are going to... Read and notice your stuff even more. It's going to help with your conversion rates. Now, I've pretty much summarized everything you need to know from these kind of things. But if you want to go deeper, then of course go deeper. There's like little things in the graphic design ones. I remember one of the things which is like we find in general black text really stark to read. So if you can do it as like a light gray then it'll be less harsh on the eyes, just like little things like that. Obviously they're all like bonus nice to haves, but if you're fascinated in this kind of thing, then have a little read. I'll drop the links below um, for these books. So if you wanna check them out, you can of course check them out. And if you have any questions around this, drop into my DMs. I love these conversations. I love, love, love these conversations. But as I say, allow it to be an evolution Really notice the readability of what you're doing and just get creative as well. Play around, let yourself bring awareness to where it's working, where it's not working. Have a little look back over your stories over the past few weeks, few months so you can see, okay, that was working best for me, that wasn't working so much. And then you'll find your style guide that I created the other week. You basically have it. And you may find you don't need to create a style guide like I literally just created three slides where I wrote this is heading one, this is another heading option, this is body text, this is the layout to do. I literally just did these things. You may find you don't even need to do that for yourself but when you hire people later on it's really good to create these things so that everyone is working to the same guidelines And you have consistency across all of your different platforms if you have different platforms as well. Okay, until next time, have a beautiful day wherever you are in the world and I will catch you in the next episode.